Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on Real Talk 93.3 FM and War Chant TV. Good Monday to each and every one of you. Oh, man, does it feel good to be here. We made it. We made it. It's game week, my friends. Let's go. Whoo! I'm Jeff. That is Tom. That is also Matthew directing the program. You are you, and you are with us for the next two hours, and that I appreciate very, very much. Good to be along with you on a Monday of game week, and now... The juices they get flowing. You got a chance to 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 watch a little college football. You got a chance to uh, take it all in, and and you know some of you were happy, some of you not so much. But I think collectively we were all really happy to be watching um, watching college football again, even if a lot of the games kind of got away from some of the uh, lower level teams that just did not present themselves with a, a lot of fight. Uh, but you know the story of the weekend was no doubt. Nebraska's loss to Illinois. Watched every snap of that game, and I, I got thoughts that I'll share with you in a moment. But let's bring it back home for a second. Let's let's do the right thing here and talk about. Uh, and it's it's interesting because I think from an emotional standpoint, the parallels uh, of what's at stake in an opener like this are very similar uh, with Florida State fans going into this game against Notre Dame on Sunday night, and then what Nebraska fans were hoping to see against Illinois in that game on Saturday in the Big Ten opener. And, uh, and and I know the circumstances aren't quite the same, but I'm just talking about the emotional attachment to a game, to a first game, and what people's expectations are and what they're hoping to see. And I think it's very similar. And, you know, what happens when you watch something like that play out, because we've all been disappointed before. It wasn't too long ago. Uh, you know, last year, obviously, uh, Georgia Tech, that game was something to take in. But the year before and the year before that, we've, we've done this a lot lately, and we all know what it's like to walk out of a stadium to have these these expectations not met and how you can become crestfallen and just sort of bereft of hope so quick, so soon, just after a season begins. It seems seems impossible. And I try not to let myself get to a place where that can happen with, with a game, but some games are huge. Some games really are big games. And I think it, it all varies on, it all depends on, I should say, on whether or not, uh, your team's in a position uh, to to really make a splash and have a huge impact. So go back to when we were humming. These games, like the like the Alabama game or the game against Ole Miss, even in Orlando, and where you where you had what you thought were based on previous seasons and talent levels, reasonable expectations to make a big time statement in a game like that about what Florida State could be. Whereas this takes on a different. Feel this is what you're hoping is evidence that we're trending in that direction, that there's a reason to begin to believe again. Let's begin to begin, right? Let's begin to believe again based on whatever we see Sunday night. I think that's more of the headspace fans are in as we go into this week. There are those certainly who are, nope, 
hell or high water, Jeff. This is a win. This has to be a win. we got to get this win. Let's get this thing rolling. There are others who say that is completely unreasonable. You're crazy. They're not going to win this game. Hopefully they'll just show some evidence that they've gotten a lot better. And then there's people that are probably somewhere in between, more reasonable, that are, you know, the modest expectations in the sense that, they need to see fight for all four quarters. They need to see uh, an organized unit. They need to see a, a team that obviously has uh, shown the resolve and the resilience and the fight that uh, teams over the last three years have not, both mentally and physically. Uh, they need to look prepared. They need to look like they have a much better understanding uh, of what they're doing. And for players, that's obvious, but also the coaches have to put those guys in a position to succeed consistently for you to feel pretty good about what you're watching. So there's just a lot. you got to see – at the very least, I think a, a, a rather sizable amount of improvement. Again, I, I've said all offseason, and I'll reiterate for those that are just jumping on board now that it's actually game week, that this may not be from a record standpoint the kind of year that we're hoping for because obviously Florida State, the standard is very high. When, when your ultimate goal is to get back to the place where you are annually involved in the national championship conversation or the college football conversation, obviously – we're not that right now. Uh, the debate is about how soon we should start to expect that and what you need to see along the way to have real belief and confidence that this is the staff and, and that we're well on our way. But I, I, I think you have to see real signs of improvement. That's something everybody agrees upon. Record may not matter. I know ultimately wins and losses happen for a reason, as I like to say, and they elicit emotions, and records ultimately are results and seasons. You look at them as a whole and you say, well, they won six games, they won four games, they won nine games, and that makes you feel a certain way. But I do believe that if you see consistent progress and real improvement and it begins on Sunday night against Notre Dame, that you're in the game. Think about all of the games last year against teams that were any good other than North Carolina. Florida State wasn't in those games, just wasn't even competitive. It made you, not just as I alluded to, bereft of hope, you were absolutely stunned early and often. I mean, there were games last year, Tom, I think middle of the second quarter, people staring back off into the distance is sort of the, the stark reminder that, oh, okay, another Saturday, another ass-kicking. We're not even comp we're not even competitive. Yeah, it's like when you get to the TV timeout, you're saying, well, "What's what else is on in this window? Who mm -hmm. else is playing right now?" Ooh, three point game. Not that you'd stay there, but for me, I'd never entertain if the Knolls are on it. And let's just say you only have one television, it's going to be the Knolls television. But I think I speak for a lot of people when I say last year goes to a TV timeout. You're not leaving it on the commercials. I need to see something else. Mm -hmm. I just got to get that taste out of my mouth a little bit and. Can I say very quickly, just a, a personal aside? Yeah. You know, a couple months ago, I wasn't sure that we'd be here on a Monday of the game week working together. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Buddy. I know. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to no, be doing I, this again. I agree with you. I, without getting overly sappy, I'm really excited. I, I mean that. And I thought about it this morning when I got up. Eyes cracked open, and I thought, all right, what do we got to do? And like all of you, there's a laundry, laundry list of things to do. And I was like, all right, well, how do we want to tackle this? And at one point, while I was making the coffee... I thought, well, it's game week. I don't, I'm going to be doing the Jeff Cameron show this afternoon with my man T. Lizzie. 
I'm going to be uh, I'm going to I'm going to have the opportunity to to do a bunch of different shows, including College Sports Book. I'm going to have the opportunity to do the War Chant Report with my boys from WarChant.com. I'm going to have an opportunity to do pregame show. Tallahassee Game Day returns this Sunday, 4 p.m. 4, 4 p.m. this Sunday, right here, Real Talk 93 in, in Tallahassee, 93.3. And if you're not coming up for the game, you can't get here, then it's going to be live on WarChant TV, just like this show. You can watch it, yeah. And uh, Zaxby's will be bringing that to you, as they will also be bringing. Some grand prize stuff we'll talk about a little bit later because there's also events this week beyond the football game. Yeah, a lot of events. Tomorrow is the final check mark for me. I bring it up every year. I do the Sunrise Rotary. Uh, I go in the morning, nice and early tomorrow morning, and do a little season preview and answer questions. That's the final box that I check every year. Uh, it's been a tradition of sorts for a long time now. Uh, I'm entering 23 consecutive years uh, in an official capacity of covering Florida State, covering college football, and and the rest of the sports for that matter, but in particular the Knowles, obviously. And so uh, it's an honor to do so. It's exciting to do so. I, I'm, you know, I, I think that I'm in a good headspace for this season. I, I believe that um, they are better. I do believe that. I, I, I think this is a better football team. I am curious to see how much better. I think there are going to be times throughout the course of this season that we're going to wonder uh, if this isn't a four- or five-year rebuild. And then there are going to be times during the course of the season we're going to say, man, they've made a lot of progress in this area and this area. This may happen a lot sooner than we expected. I think you're going to get a mix of both this year. For me, I just hope nothing crazy crops up during the course of the 60 minutes of these games week to week. Because if it's anything like we've been privy to be able to see from spring camp to now, this is going to be a likable group because they work hard and they have improved. I don't know what that means in terms of the wins and losses for the 12-game schedule. But what I do know is what I've seen with my own eyes – from first practice of spring camp, where I called my wife after and said, "Ooh, they got a lot of work to do." To now, yeah, there's market improvement. So as long as mentally they can handle these moments, handle the adversity, as long as injuries don't crop up out of nowhere at a ridiculous rate at the wrong position, I think you're gonna like them too. I think everybody who watches this team, they're gonna be able to get behind them because they will see that the effort is there, and we'll see how many wins that leads to. But it's more likable. I just. I hope nothing crazy happens on game days. Depth chart is out. I'll get to it in a moment. No real, not a lot of big surprises. No real big surprises whatsoever. Uh, so, so we'll get to it momentarily and, and and talk a little bit about what we see there. Uh, I think we did learn some things this week, and it's that first week, and and this was really, you know, as I say, week zero in college football. It's a strange. It, it, really quick on, I don't know how much of the games you got to see. I'm, I'm sure you watched as many as you could. I know you had a a golf outing and an event you had to play in on Saturday as well. Uh, I watched every second of that Nebraska game, and, you know, that thing started off in the way that I uh, was hoping that it would. Nebraska's defensive line was dominating Illinois' offensive line. They knocked Illinois' starting quarterback out of the game, separated shoulder. Uh, there was, I think, back-to-back series where Illinois couldn't block Nebraska. And at this point, it gets to be it's 9-2 to Nebraska, and they're – uh, they end up getting the they get the turnover they need on a third down play. They get a sack and a, an interception. Uh, it's it's so funny when, when games end the way that that one did, and you take this snapshot of a moment in time. And I and I'm always I, I, that's why watching the games matter. That's why watching what was happening matters. I can't decide if you're a Nebraska fan today that you're even angrier than you've been in the Scott Frost era at various points where they've had these setbacks. Or, or, or perhaps you're you're hopeful, and here, here's why. They're going to win that game going away. That this game ends very differently than it was played for a quarter, and and all of the sudden, you get he drives the quarterback into the ground, 
So they, they deem that to be excessive, and they call a personal foul. The interception is negated. They call a taunt on that same play. It is a 30-yard penalty that goes from Nebraska having the ball around midfield with the lead driving in to Illinois tying the game. And everything changes on a dime. And you're reminded how if if kids make the kinds of mistakes you saw Nebraska make, I mean, what are you doing fielding a punt inside your one going into the end zone while all your momentum is taking you back towards it and then trying to throw the ball out of the end zone? I mean, just cockamamie, weird. Like, that should never, ever happen. The kinds of penalties and dumbassery that Nebraska plays with would leave one absolutely furious with Scott Frost. They can't get out of their own way. They're winning the line of scrimmage, at least defensively. They have the lead. And then why would you continue to roll Adrian Martinez back out there? He cannot play. Agreed. He cannot play. He's a terrible football player. And it's a shame because you watch wide-open schemed plays there. They've got touchdowns all over the place, and he cannot hit the broad side of a barn. That... If you if you scheme open a play like that and you're a you're a teammate of his and you want to believe obviously and he can't connect on the simplest of throws, you really begin to lose all hope to continue to fight. Now, you, ideally, you just continue to play the next play, but at some point, I mean, this is years now, years where this kid can't make a play. I, I just it was remarkable to watch it play out. You know, on the one hand, again, there were elements of that game that you think, okay, well, they're, they're getting better. And then you see all these mistakes again, and you have to wonder. I think the hardest thing had to have been listening to him after the game, in which he basically tells you they were out coach. And I can't decide whether that's just the ultimate form of job security, where he knows that buyout's at $20 million, and they cannot afford to make another change. And if not him, then who? Right? I mean, what are they going to do? Fire him? Who are you bringing in? That's their boy wonder. That's his dream job. This is the guy that went undefeated at UCF. He's proven he can coach. Is Bo Pelini still kicking? <laughs> They're longing I mean, for the bow era. What, what are you going to do? You just can't keep starting over. And and at, so he's just calmly telling the uh, the assembled media, well, you know, we prepped against a certain look that we thought, you know, going back to their defensive coordinator being at Missouri. Uh, then we thought, you know, we, we saw their spring game. We kind of figured this would be the same look. Turns out we were wrong. We prepped against the wrong look. It really, you know, caught us by surprise. Sir, don't say it. So Even I, if it's true. I was with somebody who got in late on the total. Very late on the total. Well, it stayed under. And and the total was, well, yeah, but mm. but you had missed PATs, right, contributing them. to this. Two of them, yeah. And then a last-minute drive by Nebraska in which this person is just staring at the television like, you're going to do me wrong, aren't you? You're going to find a way. Got it at 52.5. So any one point, a pick six. If they get down the field early, decide for whatever reason to be dumb, kick a field goal for the onside. If it was third, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's watching, like, how am I going to get beat this first week? And another guy said to him, well, it's because you were so late on the total. That's how you got beat. Yeah. It dropped by five points versus what I got. Just to hear those conversations. Oh, it felt again. good again, right? It felt great. Yeah. And then I looked over. I, I had a few plays this weekend. It might have been an okay weekend in the household. Weekend. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know what time the Fresno game was starting. Hmm. Because the other game on television was Hawaii-UCLA. And so I looked up, what time do they start? And I saw 45 to nothing. Ah, well, they've already begun. Grand opening? Grand, Grand closing. closing. And I threw the hat out because that was the hat trick. Three for three to start the season. So I had UCLA, but I would say that I can't decide whether that was UCLA or Hawaii being that damn bad. My goodness gracious, Tom Wayne. 
they didn't look like they had a semblance of a clue at Hawaii. That was something to behold. So one thing that struck me about that was that um, I was listening to the to the pregame, not the pregame, like the, the lead-up on Friday. They were going over the, the slate for the weekend, and apparently Hawaii didn't get into the continental U.S. They didn't get to California until either Friday or, or late Thursday night. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I don't it's, know. It's not terrible for them. The game kicks off at 9 o'clock for their bodies or whatever. Remember the old Stanford body clock? Body clock back game, in the yes, day. yeah. But why would you wait that, that long to get there? I thought that was worth a few points, at least for the first game of the season. But you're right. I don't know how to figure the LSU game. I mean, UCLA looks impressive, but that's like – that would be like overbetting on Fresno because they played UConn. Like, what? What can you really take away from that? It was a bad first quarter for Fresno, and then from there they carried the day. I, I'm going to say this though: I do think UCLA is worth keeping a close eye on. Not to be an elite team, don't get me wrong, but you know the the old adage about improving the most from week one to week two. Now they've got a game under their belt. I already thought they were an improved team, and now you've got LSU who had to travel to Houston. Right. This is a bad situation. I feel very yeah, sorry true. for them. That whole situation is, I took him, whatever it took, like eight hours, and something ridiculous to get. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to affect them. Nobody does. Right. But if you compare and contrast one team's played a game, one team has it, the other team's going right. to make that leap into the second week. Yeah, UCLA just- wasn't prepping for Hawaii either. So that's the other thing. UCLA, I mean, they, yeah. they did their LSU install and happened right, to play Hawaii right. in the middle of it. Yeah, no, look, LSU will win that game, but we're talking about points here. So that's that's the thing. I mean, I think LSU wins that game. You feel comfortable about that. Okay. Yeah, I, well, The number's only four. I know. I'm surprised by that. Well, I, as I, of last weekend. Yeah, but. well, we got plenty of time to look into it. I, I guess when I circle back on something here, I didn't want to turn this into – I mean, we got finally a taste of college football, and that's good, and I, I, you know, I have thoughts on that. But I, as I watched Nebraska – stumble around and, and make those mistakes. You know, they made mistake, mistakes in special teams. They were undisciplined. You know, you get Martinez gives up a scoop and score. I mean, it's really absurd. They lose this game. Well, they lose by eight points. This is crazy. You have two missed extra points, and you gave up a, a, a touchdown at the end of the half on a on a fumble. That What are you yeah. even doing? You're seeing our helmets out there. I am. Seeing. I am. So here's what I'm getting at. You can't, like, I think when you're trying to measure progress and it's baby steps, where you would be mad at Frost is less about that result. The result matters because that's a bad loss. But they're, it's not like Nebraska was vying for a college football playoff spot this year. They're not going to win the Big Ten. So if in the big scheme of things you just want to see real progress, evidence that guys are getting you know, well-coached during the week of practice, what leaves you really breathless as a Nebraska fan is how is this guy, the guy that did what he did for Mackenzie Milton at UCF, how did he get there and forget how to coach at all? Because this team doesn't look well coached. They look completely lost. I don't think that's going to be a problem here, though. Like, hold so, for so example, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is they're, they're upset about the loss, but they've got to be more upset that they, the fact that they can't get out of their own way every week of each of his three years. This is the start of year four. When we turn our attention to Florida State, we can throw away three and six last year in a COVID year with a new staff coming in, getting no spring practice and all the nonsense that happened. And Jordan Travis having to – James Blackman started – the whole thing was a mess, right? What do you have to see to where if you lose the game, you still feel emboldened about where we're going? Because I, I do right now, but admittedly, if you saw that kind of a debacle on Saturday night or, or on Sunday night, 
it would be hard. People will have a bigger problem with that kind of a performance than they would just a loss because you're not good enough. Yeah, I hear you. It's almost like having an 8 o'clock kickoff when we were good. And you see upsets in the 12 o'clock window, upsets in the 3.30 window. Maybe the 7 o'clock game is in the second quarter and a big, and a big name's being upset or they're in a dogfight. And you're thinking, what's in the air today? Like, is this going to be one of those days? Should mm-hmm. we be afraid? One has nothing to do with the other. You just feel that way. The irrational fear pops up. I got to tell you, and, and I might be wrong, and maybe we can play this clip next Monday because we'll be on for Labor Day. Mm-hmm. It's the day after the game, of, of course. I don't feel like there are going to be massive amounts of breakdowns that leave us breathless in the way that Nebraska fans are feeling today. I think they're organized. They just might not be good enough. Maybe they are, though. They might be because Notre Dame's got a whole bunch of stuff they're trying to sort out themselves. A ton of attrition. A ton of turnover. Do they have more depth than we do? Yes. But are we catching them at the right time of the schedule? Absolutely. Yeah, we are. So this is the best chance you're going to get at this. Just from watching all the practices, I don't know that you're going to be seeing completely out-of-character things like you saw from Nebraska. I don't know that I buy that Scott Frost is practicing as well as he preaches. You know, He said that we didn't see any of this in practice. I don't know, man. That's an awful lot of things conspiring out of nowhere. An awful lot. It's not like two or three isolated incidents. Well, It's here, like seven yeah, incidents. But, but okay, so here's where he might be right. Could be wrong. I'm not there in Lincoln to watch them practice every day. That's not the team I cover. But he did cite something when he said it felt like the same old movie, like we were watching a rerun. We, they, the, and at one point in that press conference, and this is where I kind of cringed because I thought, man, I, I can hear this. I can hear this here. And I'm not saying that Mike doesn't have this team prepared or they're not going to go out and play well. I don't know. We're going to find out together on Sunday night. I do see signs of progress and buy-in, and they're organized. They've practiced hard. They've worked. He's right when he says that. He's right. But when you're broken mentally and when you've been broken the way that that Nebraska team is and the way that I dare say this Florida State program has been broken over the last three years, it doesn't take much for you to fall back into the here-we-go-again mindset. One mistake, one, one debacle of a play, one moment that resembles all those other moments that have led to your losses can send you right down spiraling yet again. And I, I know I touched on this a lot last week. You know, Again, Frost saying, we just need – these guys have worked hard. They're a better team. I know they're a better team. They just need something good to happen for them so that they can believe it. I thought that was fair. I thought that was fair. Now, we'll see. They can go on and suck the rest of the year, and we'll just say it for what it is, Scott. You're not doing a good job. But I do think Florida State needs something good to happen in this game fairly early. And it could be something small. It could be a stop on third and three where they bow their shoulders, their back, and they make a play, and they get off the damn field. Or they execute on a tough third and seven on the offensive end, and, and they make a play. They make a throw into a tight window, and somebody, one of the younger guys, Malik, makes a tough catch in traffic. First down, keep the chains rolling. Just something, a spark of anything that lets you know this is different. 44-yard field goal goes off the upright and in. I don't want it to and hit the upright. Uh, that, uh, that's going to lead to doubt. <laughs> just just make it. It'll erase all doubts. <laughs> At that point, you won't believe the trajectory we're on. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Game week, War Chant TV as well. Great to have you on board. Let's keep it rolling.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply great to be with you on a game week just fun to say aloud Plenty of you uh, chimed in early on. I, I do want to acknowledge and say thank you to uh, Jeff Hill. Win or lose, I think we're going to play really hard and look very competitive in this game. I think they will upset Notre Dame. All right. Woo! Appreciate you, George. And Eric, as always, thank you. Game week finally here indeed. Woo! He is pumped, also believes Florida State will win. And, um, hey, listen, I'm not going to try to dissuade you from – Saying that Florida State can win, I, I, I think they could win. I, I don't suspect that they will. I don't. I'm not picking them that you know to say they will, but I, I, I think they could be in there. I think again, I'm going to continue to say this. I think when you're a team who's who's kind of had to deal with rather uh, fragile levels of of confidence or lack thereof, and and you've had, you know, it's been a dispiriting few years. Uh, they need some good things to happen early. Like that's how upsets conspire, right? That's how that happens. Is like a team that is well coached, is well organized, is being put in a position to su- succeed at practice, does work hard, has bought in. The game starts, and that's an adrenal- adrenaline rush that they have not experienced in some time. And it's a prime time game. That place is going to be. I can't. I get goosebumps talking about it. I can't wait to feel that environment. And I know for players that's even it's an even greater level of anticipation. But you know that you can you can that adrenaline spike can go one of two ways, you know, and you can be exhausted quick. You can be overly emotional. And do you have the air knocked out of you early? You know, you kick the ball away to Notre Dame, let's say they go right down the field just like it looked a year ago. They run the ball right down your throat. Guys, there's no, no gap integrity. Guys aren't filling. They're not. The run fits aren't there. And the next thing you know, you're down seven nothing. Now, listen. I mean, this happens. I mean, football is a game played by two different teams, two different coaching staffs, and a, a, a different set of players. They're, they're they're on scholarship, and their coaches are paid. They're going to work hard too, and they're going to come up with something. And, and and maybe it happens that you don't get off to the start that you want. Experienced teams that have had a lot of success don't freak out about that at all. They come to the sidelines, they get a look at the film, they get a look at the board, you know, they sit down with their coach. Okay, this is what they're doing, this is what they did to us, here's what we're going to do, and then there's a point of emphasis, take a deep breath, let's go play football, let's go play the next series. But teams that have been broken, it's a little bit harder to do, it's a little bit harder to remain calm, it's a little bit harder for guys so desperate to win that they don't go try to make a play that is above and beyond their responsibility, right? Like, 
it's harder for guys to, to trust the process when they've been broken in the past. And that it's going to be, there'll be a moment in time in this game where that happens. And I think if early on they have a few things go, for, go well for them, then maybe they're able, better able to withstand when the negative thing does happen. Because it's going to happen. Yeah, there's going to be some adversity, but I do think if you were to break down what we saw last year from this group, go segment by segment on defense, defensive interior. Do you feel better about this group than you did last year's group? Well, no, because not not preseason. Right, I'm talking about week to week product. Well, obviously they can't be any worse than they were a year ago, and we would have never guessed that. That's what I mean. We we would that was the strength of the team we thought going into the year. Yeah, and obviously early on, I said to you. I think I was talking to you in the middle of the Georgia Tech game. I'm like, why is Marvin Wilson not on the field? Yeah. I mean, every time I looked up, he was opting out. He was pulling, you know, raising his hand to come out of the game. I was like, it's third and three. What do you mean you're coming out of the game? I can't have you on the bench on third and three. Right. I think the answer, though, is unequivocally you feel better about this defensive interior as to what they're going to produce. Preseason hype, there's no way this group beats last year's group. National articles, not Tallahassee-based articles, but national articles that looked at the top three segments for each team mm -hmm. had the defensive interior as a top three in college football. Sure. So preseason hype-wise, no substance. I feel better about it. Rush in. Do you feel better about the group this year versus last year? How oh, could you not? how could you not? Yeah. They also have the size to match up against a physical team like a Notre Dame. Linebacker, not the thing that we'd put on our resume. We wouldn't have it at the top of the resume about this program these days. But do you feel better about what this group can do versus last year? Well, hold They've on. got more options, don't they? Well, okay, so you're leading me to water here, and I'll go ahead and drink. This goes over drink the— Drink it up. Here's the, <laughs> here is the depth chart as released by Florida State today. And let's go through this rapid fire because a lot of different guys are going to play. It doesn't really matter who's in bold type per se. Uh, right off the bat, people want to know quarterback. You've got Jordan Travis or Mackenzie Milton written— according to FSU. Uh, no real surprise there. Uh, Jason Corbin is uh, is the starter there with Lawrence Toafili behind him. Other guys will get run, we suspect. Uh, Keyshawn Helton has had an incredible camp. I'm really excited yes, to see him in there. Uh, and then behind him, Ontario Wilson and Andrew Parchment, your receivers there with plenty of run for, I would guess, Malik McLean. Uh, also, I would also suspect uh, you'll see Joshua Burrell and others uh, getting some time here. Yeah, but those, uh, you, did you talk about Kentron? Yeah, Kentron. Kentron's had a decent camp. Yeah, he has. Uh, I worry about him with the drops, but I'm going to need him. Him and McLean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then it tied in. No surprise there. It's Cameron McDonald. Jordan Wilson will be your big blocker uh, when you want some extra beef in those uh, two tight end sets. Uh, Robert Scott at left tackle. Okay, means he's healthy and he's back. Oh, we can talk about that now. Yeah, Robert Scott at left tackle. All right. Dylan Gibbons at left guard has beat out Dante Lucas. Uh, Maurice Smith at center, no surprise there. Devontae Love-Taylor, right guard. And uh, Darius Washington, right tackle. And let's hope Darius Washington doesn't have to come off the field. That's a big deal, though, for a couple of reasons. That Robert Scott's at left tackle. I, mean, I believe they had already talked about that in availability, that he was going to play both in camp. But, mm -hmm. but we had seen quite a bit of him at left, so that makes sense. But that tells me that they feel pretty good about him at left tackle, not just because he's starting there, but because Devontae Love-Taylor is at right guard. Yeah, He's not next to him. Usually you would take your best interior player and put him next to the bookend you don't feel the best about. So that they have Devontae Love-Taylor on the right side tells me that Robert Scott, as at least when they go grade the film, been good enough that they think he'll be fine. Let's put DLT next to Darius Washington at right. 
a lot stronger than he was a year ago. We all watched the video produced by Aslan on Warchant.com. It was really well done. Uh, I think that's over 100,000 views now, yeah. which it deserves. Well, and that's a, you know, he deserves credit for that, but so does uh, Robert Scott, who was uh, as entertaining as they come in that, in that video. Maybe the future Trench Talk host. Yeah, Let's hope. Yeah. Uh, defensively, really quick, no surprises here. Uh, Jermaine Johnson uh, at defensive end, uh, and that makes total sense, obviously. And then you look, it's Dennis Briggs who's had a great camp. Dennis Briggs yes, yes, yes. is undersized, but he flashes all the time. He's just a good football player. I think he's poised to do some things. Now, again, he's a little undersized, but I, I think he's going to play well, and I know they're excited about him. Fabian Lovett and Robert Cooper, obviously over the center. Care Thomas, uh, who has had a great camp, big, strong, thick guy who yep. I think will play well. I'm interested. I, I could go either way with that, how he actually plays in the course of 60 minutes. I don't know if that's a study in our tackles or not. I think Jermaine Johnson you can kind of expect and project. Mm -hmm. I do want to see what Keir's burst looks like against you know, a capable tackle of an opponent. Uh, Amari Gaynor at stud. But here's where I get excited. When we talk about the linebackers, notice what they're doing here. Uh, it is not surprising that DJ Lundy – outshined Stephen Dix Jr. He's in. Kalen DeLoach is in. Cortez Andrews behind him. And then uh, at the stud position, Amari Gaynor with yep. Jarius Green McKnight, there's a willingness for them to take some of these safeties mm -hmm. that have some size to them, whether it's Kevin Knowles or others, uh, and, and, and kind of walk them down into a linebacker's role or a traditional uh, linebacker role, especially on these you know passing downs where Correct. you're going to need to cover. I think just recognizing that they didn't have the requisite foot speed for your classic linebackers is is, is smart, obviously. I, I wonder if that's going to come into play in this game, though. The way that Notre Dame likes to run their offense isn't exactly four wide with air raid mm -hmm. principles, mm -hmm. right? So I wonder if you're going to roll out your front seven, is that going to include three linebackers at times? Because if you notice on defense, there are three linebacker positions listed. That's why Gaynor is up there along with the other two guys. But Cortez Andrews has gotten a lot of positive pub from Mike Norvell. Yep. Well, he's then, also 245 pounds. And then Green McKnight, obviously, the convert. Uh, he's, I think he's 5'11". Is he still listed at 5'11"? Uh, uh, Green McKnight know. is still listed at 5'11", but he's 220 yeah, pounds. Yeah, he put on a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah they're, they're moving those guys around. Okay, so then you get Jamie Robinson as your nickel corner. Kevin Knowles behind him. Travis Jay is the starting corner. Or Jerry and Jones. Uh, Brendan Gann is a buck. Sidney Williams behind him. Shaheen Brown also getting some run there. Akeem Dent as your free safety with Renato Green behind him. All those guys will play a ton. And Jarvis Brownlee, your other corner, who I like a lot. Miko Dotson will get a lot of playing time there, too. So, so Akeem Dent is the player. If you were to say, all right, listen to Jeff's first segment. Who, pick, who pops into your head about adversity? Akeem Dent's seen a lot of things here. Remember, his freshman year he played safety and it felt like it wasn't the home for him under Harlan Barnett. He's seen a lot, and he's in the position where if you're going to get burned because of great scheming, first 15 plays, that kind of stuff, Akeem Dent's going to be the number that you see in trail. So if we get hit in the mouth, how what does happens? that player respond? I'm not saying that he particularly is mentally weak or anything like that. I'm just saying he's seen a lot of things, not a lot of good things. So if you're looking for an embodiment <laughs> of somebody who... If they get starry-eyed, that's – I mean, he's football terms only, but he's a PTSD football terms, man. Travis Jay is going to be your kick returner uh, along with Corey Wren. Real speed there. Ja'Kai Douglas is a kick returner as well, and Travis Jay is a punt returner. I think Travis Jay is about to have a fantastic season. He's a dynamic athlete. I'm excited to see his name there. Uh, Ryan Fitzgerald is kicking. Your punter has been Alex Mastromano. He has had a brilliant camp and looked really, really good. Uh, and then we go from there. I mean, that's um, – I, I mean, I – 
kickoff specialist, I think, is Growth House, right? So I'm going to let him kick it away. Yeah, he's got uh, a leg now. Yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll all hold our breath there. There is the news of the day, at least in terms of the guys listed for that depth chart. Talking about it out loud just now made me feel a little bit better about this defense. I don't know if that's, at the end of the day, going to turn out to be true, there but just it yeah, it just made me feel a little bit better there. Really quick, I wanted to update you guys because we've been asked about it. If you want to put it up there on the screen, guys, uh, about the Libations Friday Fest, which is on a Saturday this year, uh, feel free to pop that up because... It's the 10th Annual Libations Fest, uh, where we are able to say thank you to all of you for listening all these years and coming out and uh, helping us out. It's Saturday uh, at 2 p.m. at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's on Appalachian Parkway. We've got free T-shirts and koozies to the first 200 in attendance. Raffle drawing at halftime of the uh, Miami-Alabama game that will be. This basically turns into a watch party together, guys. Uh, but a chance again to say thank you. And uh, our friends at Metro Deli, Corner Pocket, of course, Warchant, and my friends here at Real Talk 93.3, as well as Garnet and Gold providing those T-shirts. We really do appreciate it. And then, Tom, if you will, let's go ahead the big prize there, oh, yeah. the, the, the seats at the 50-yard line. So for the people who are new to the program today, I see the numbers. Game week has gotten a few more people to click over. If you can get there, corner pocket, the drawing is going to be right around 5 o'clock, halftime of Miami and Alabama. That game kicks off shortly after 3.30. 50-yard line seats to Ooh. Florida State and Notre Dame. 50-yard line seats, 30 rows up. They are absolutely perfect seats, and they are presented by our friends at Zaxby's, who are also sponsoring our pregame show this year, Tallahassee Game Day. So... If you want a chance to have the best seat in the house, come see us on Saturday. 2 p.m. is when the event starts. Also should be noted for Warchant.com subscribers. Warchant.com subscribers. First 50 that show up, you'll have a little gift bag with some free goodies. Because, uh, you know, we got to give you a little bit extra for giving us a little bit extra. A lot uh, to touch on. I haven't even touched the NFL from the weekend. There was big news there as well. We'll keep it both in the pro and college. There's so much football. It's a good thing to be overwhelmed by football talk. Jeff Cambridge at 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Like a mighty river, college football has returned. We did get a uh, a welcome respite momentarily yesterday. I don't know how many of you caught the golf, and I won't prattle on about it, but damn it, man. That was spectacular. That was epic television. The, uh, the guys in my league, I put three FYI texts in the thread. I was like, hey, if you're not watching this, this is good stuff. It was awesome. I also laughed at the uh, the gif you sent me with, because uh, that's exactly how I felt like. Yeah. It's so yeah. perfect. <laughs> that's probably how Cantlay's caddy looked for all the putts, yeah, you know, like, for a better part of an hour and a half. Like a, <laughs> I mean. Missed another one, did you? Well. Six and a half feet this time, huh? I'll tell you what, man. When guys, when a guy's draining 15-footers and 18-footers and 12-footers on the regular to keep you from winning a tournament, that's got to be like. Oof. Well, it's the equivalent of a Adrian Martinez play I saw on Saturday. Well, I, I can't do it. I, I can't have this conversation. I, it's all right. I have a personal disdain for that kid now that is unreasonable. It's unfair to him. I shouldn't let my football uh, in my in in my gambling and all that stuff uh, help shape the way that I feel about him as a human being. Oh, uh, but I do. I, I can't watch him play football. He's. It would be tough to do if you were on that particular side. I, I played the Illinois plus a seven because I figured it was going to be a one-score game. If I get burned on the hook for a push, I get burned on the hook for a push. No big deal. But there was a third and five where he's got a first down for about three full seconds and finds a way to get stopped short for a fourth and one. It ended up being a holding call, and they moved him back anyway. But I thought, that is spectacular. You, sir, are an athlete, first of all, and you have gaping areas of the field. 
No, man, I can't. 20-yard play. It ends up being a four-yard gain on third and five. Well, listen, I I do want to circle back to this because, again, this is where we're not Nebraska, and I think for Florida State fans it's important uh, to, to note that, and we'll see how long it takes us to get back. I'm not trying to mock Nebraska, but one of the questions they have to ask themselves there about why Scott Frost is struggling when you have evidence that he can coach, you already have overwhelming evidence that he can coach. So what has happened here that did not happen at UCF? How did he flip that, but he can't flip this? All right. The answer is they can't recruit over him. Adrian Martinez has been there forever. Yes, he has. He has sucked forever. Indeed. There has never been evidence that he's any good at all. Preach. They cannot recruit over him, and you've got to know that that guy has desperately sought another quarterback to replace Adrian Martinez. If I'm sitting around on the verge of losing my dream job because that dude can't hit a guy seven yards away wide the hell open in the end zone. By the way, one of the guys he overthrew in the end zone is 6'9". There's nobody around him. Nice. I, I would have kicked him in the shins when he came to the sideline. There's no I, what in the hell are we doing? So when they when they roll twos v twos on the practice field this camp, you don't think Scott was happy about that? He didn't say uh, with gusto twos. I, he was more like twos. Who is their back? How bad does that backup suck that he can't beat out Adrian Martinez? Oh my God, man, that is. I'm sorry. I the whole game because you're calling the play and you go, oh, we got it. Cash money, homie. He's going to be wide open. We caught him in the wrong defense. There he is. Got it. Touchdown. Oh, oh, you overthrew him by 15 yards. That's a toughie. We'll see if we can dial up another one for you, Adrian. Do you think that offense would be run more smoothly with Scott Frost at quarterback? Yes. Current day Scott Frost. Or you. There are throws. Don't sleep on on my arm now. It ain't no pop gun. There are throws on the field that are wide open that any college quarterback should be able to hit the vast majority of the time. They, well, look, I'm happy for everybody that won with Illinois. That's great. Now you're scaring me though. You're putting this out into the wind so much that now I'm hearing I'm hearing these talking points about us on Monday. No, no, I felt great to start the show. No, no, no. Listen, what does that have to do? No, we. I think either one of our quarterbacks have a chance to to successfully complete those passes more consistently than we saw from Adrian Martinez uh, on on Saturday. That that's just a that's a performance that is on the heels of so many performances that look just like it. And my thought wasn't okay. Well, Adrian Martinez is terrible because I already knew that. It's that my God, they cannot recruit over this kid. He has had to have tried time and again. Well, that's you know what that is. That's uniquely Nebraska. Right now. Thankfully, we're in a talent-rich area where even if you don't get the five-star quarterback that you want, you're going to get maybe an A.J. Duffy. And that's not a knock on A.J. Duffy. I'm just saying like you're going to fall into guys that are going to be better than Adrian Martinez because the numbers are available to you. This is still a very talent-rich area. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Well... We did see Trevor Lawrence light it up over the weekend. If you're a Jacksonville fan, finally some evidence there. Perfectly paced pass, perfect, perfectly placed passes. Say that fast. Uh, at times looked really, really good. Of course, it is preseason, but it was nice to see that. If you're a Jacksonville fan, uh, I would say that uh, you were probably, probably pretty happy to uh, if you watched the the Miami Cincinnati game. Hey, just of note, by the way, with these 
favorites continuing to dominate the day in preseason football. Everybody can get on me all they want about uh, whatever games I lose. That's uh, it comes with you know with the territory. I probably clued everybody into that Baltimore situation. What three years ago? I have yeah, made you yeah. oodles of money if you've just jumped on board. Harbaugh continues to care deeply, if nothing else, and it might cost J.K. Dobbins more than just a year. Who knows? That's an unfortunate injury, and Brutal. for you people in the uh, fantasy world, uh, be careful. Gus Edwards is who you want to draft from Baltimore, not J.K. Dobbins. You want Gus Edwards. And I have to say, Saturday night just after 8 o'clock, the first drive didn't go well, but those two touchdown drives from Tom Brady and the first team offense for Tampa Bay. Just humming. Oh, my goodness. That was bliss for 10 minutes. Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, Meanwhile, the story of the weekend, at least in the pros, when it didn't have to do with injury, had to do with what we saw Kyle Shanahan dial up for Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Okay, it'll be fun to see if they do that in the in the regular season. That's hard to prepare for, by the way, both for a defense but also for an offense to run. So according to Fat Peter, they are going to start the season working the two quarterbacks. A two-quarterback system in the NFL that doesn't look like the Taysom Hill system where it's a no. gadget. It's like a legit two guys who can make throws. We'll see if it makes it into November, but that's how they're going to start the year, according to Fat Peter. Well, they rushed for 242 yards in doing it, so uh, that's something to behold. By the way, I don't know. I mean, are you going to still try to... If you're the New England Patriots, who, by the way, went undefeated in preseason football for what it's worth, are you still going to roll Cam Newton out there after what we've seen from Mac Jones this preseason? Including the practice against the Giants' starting defense in which he was, what, are you 21 of 23? Yeah, he completed, it was like 18 straight, I mean, I, I, what are we doing? What are we doing? I would also note that it makes me so glad that the Bucks made the decision that they did at the tackle position at the time that they made the decision because the Giants are going to continue to roll Andrew Thomas out there. Not having a good tackle really hurts your it, feelings. It makes, it, a it makes a difference. Yes, it does. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with